0: Here is iUniverse Radio.
1: Greetings for iUniverse. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is The Global Adventures of Argyle McGregor. And joining me from near Atlanta, Georgia, is the author, Argyle McGregor. Welcome, sir, to the program. Thank you. Interesting first name. A little of your background as an author.
2: Uh, this is my first publication uh, but I've traveled the world and had many adventures and uh, relating these to people I've had six different people tell me you need to write a book uh-huh. so uh, here here it is
1: and I understand the writing process occurred because you had uh, an injury or something that took place and that gave you some downtime. I, I'd share that with the listeners as well
2: uh, yes I have a concrete floor in the, my garage and I fell off of some steps and square on my back wow and i was uh, paraplegic uh, right after that and uh, it, that was almost a year ago but i'm happy to say i'm back to be able to walk again
1: fantastic and uh,
2: the doctor said we didn't think you'd ever do that again so i've been blessed
1: well when they say uh, we don't think you'll ever do that again they must be uh, counting on you uh, learning your lesson from uh, making a bad tumble
2: oh it, it's been a very humbling experience and uh, thanks goes out to uh, health care workers. I mean, the job they do is tremendous.
1: Well, fant- fantastic. Now, Argyle, in writing this book, uh, y- have you always been a writer? I mean, some of my authors keep notebooks, they keep uh, diaries, or was this just a desire that you had and you finally put it together because of this uh, downtime?
2: Uh, desire I've had for some time. I've had somewhat of a ro- propensity to write uh, since my early days. I never took it seriously. and this accident, gave me some ample time to uh, to write, and so I put it to use.
1: Well, I'm 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 noticing in your uh, conversation style, uh, maybe a little of Scotland or Ireland in there, or is it just the southern part of the United States? I'm hearing.
2: What accent? I don't have any accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm our,
1: joking. Our our uh, Gregory is definitely a uh, I would say a uh, a Scottish name. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. Australia for a period of time, and I had three Australians come to me and ask me if I was from Texas. (laughs) Uh, Not from Texas.
1: Not from Texas. Uh, Argyle, your your adventure, the global adventures. This sounds like a an ambitious project. Although uh, this first book, and I think it's going to be one of several in a series, maybe compilation later on, of only sixty two pages. What kind of adventure can you put and assemble in a sixty two page novel?
2: Uh, uh, the adventures I, I put in this book uh, were uh, pretty dynamic, and uh, not a lot of uh, extraneous detail required. But to get the point across, and in the sense of uh, danger or romance or whatever, I, I used what I felt was necessary to get that. And that, that's where the story links came from.
1: And are there other characters in here besides uh, your own character, Argyle?
2: Yes, there's other characters. Uh, from uh, Colombia, Poland, uh, Indonesia, China, Brazil. There, there's other characters in the book.
1: And in this adventure that you've shared and penned, how long did it take to complete? And uh, when you began writing it, did you have an outline, or were you just going off of uh, memories and inspiration?
2: I, I do best with an outline But blood. I did this during my injury time. And my I, I couldn't write initially, and then when I started writing, it was three-inch tall letters, so it was a slow process, wow. but it uh, took me uh, five minutes to write the book.
1: Yes, and uh, were there any, uh, um, I guess that would be a facetious question, I was going to say did Argyle fall in the book, but I guess that's not a good question to ask. What What would you say is it take place in the United States or in other countries?
2: Uh, well, I'm, the next book on Argyle is going to be in the United States, because I've had plenty of ventures there too, also. But the, the ones for this book were so varied, I thought it would be more interesting to the reader to put those together first and uh, see how that went.
1: And and how's your action scenes in here? Uh, is this a, a book that would be suitable for all ages? How would you describe the, the content?
2: The story on uh, South American females probably is not for kids under 10. Mm. Everything else is okay.
1: All right. And was that a challenge for you, uh, keeping the storyline moving, since it's a relatively short book? And you mentioned you don't uh, leave out a, or you don't deal with a lot of detail. It's it's mostly uh, a word description. Would that be a good way to describe the, the story and the adventure?
2: Uh, Focusing on the adventure. That's what I did in the book, and uh, that uh, excluded uh, some detail.
1: Fantastic. Now, that's unusual for an author. Some authors will uh... wax eloquent for five six eight hundred pages sometimes and no one can read that this is a book that could be uh, a good could be read in a short uh, short session and uh, absorb the character of argyle mcgregor who it's uh, actually you now explain to my listeners uh, what will they find is engaging about argyle what is his personality like uh...
2: this is written in the third person and uh... argyle is uh explained on his actions and what he does there's there some pretty uh, uh, exciting adventures in there that are unusual and I think people will enjoy reading
1: your first entrance to this storyline has to do with a South American woman and what is that relationship
2: uh, I worked in uh, uh, personally in Brazil and met a lot of uh, Brazilian uh people and they they uh, a beautiful race i mean absolutely beautiful yes. and the uh, they uh the food was great the atmosphere was good and uh, a good place to live hmm.
1: you talk about a pink flamingo uh, wh- what is that uh, relating to
2: uh our guy worked in a operation on the coast of uh, colombia and it uh was a, a very uh, floral place, so bright green areas, and uh, Argyle and a buddy of his look at it and say, we need one of those pink flamingos you get from the United <laughs> States and stick out there.
1: Oh, I
2: understand. And, and long, long story short, that, that that's what they did and got into all kinds of trouble because of that, because they didn't know that the pink flamingo at one time had been indigenous to Columbia. Really? <laughs> so that started a whole story. <laughs>
1: Is, is there you you obviously have a uh, a um, humorous outlook on life. Uh, is there a lot of humor in here or is it just sprinkled throughout?
2: Sprinkled throughout, that's part of my personality. My DNA is is my sense of humor. And uh, I worked in South Africa with five Australians at one time. And they uh, due to my sense of humor, they they made me an honorary Australian. So
1: I'm oh. proud of that. Well, congratulations, Argyle. Now, the the, the story itself is uh, again a short read, but you have mentioned there's a lot of action, there's a lot of, uh, there's even some love sequences in here, and also some maybe some violence. Uh, that's a lot to pack into a small package. Uh, was it complicated to condense it down like that?
2: Uh, not at all for me. And again, this is uh, uh, my first look at, at doing a a book and uh, i wanted to put things in there that got people's attention and they would enjoy and uh, carry away uh, uh, after they put the book down and i've had two two readers tell me they picked it up and couldn't put it down till they read the entire book well, so uh, well, that was a positive
1: that is definitely a positive and for new writers and new authors that's that's certainly a commendation on your work uh, does this well, take you. when does this take place this story
2: well, there's Tiananmen Square, in there was the late 80s, and the, the rest are uh, recent, uh, recent stories.
1: Very good. And how would you describe this uh, to a new reader, someone who should get interested in the tales of Argyle McGregor?
2: Uh, just what we've been talking about, the adventures, and they're global, uh, different cultures, different places, and uh, cover romance, intrigue, uh, humor. Uh, it's got got all the basics and an interesting read.
1: Well, congratulations on completing this. Again, this is a relatively short read, but should be uh, entertaining. I think that would be your primary purpose in doing so. And it sounds as though Argyle has uh, several adventures in the future that you plan to explore. Uh, where can they get a copy of Argyle McGregor?
2: Uh on the internet or through Amazon, just type in the title and uh, it'll it'll bring the book up.
1: Fantastic. Well, let me let me spell that out for my listeners. Argyle is spelled A R G U I L L E, and MacGregor M A C g-r-e-g-o-r this is an iUniverse book and uh, listeners you can also request this from your local bookseller and uh, as we have visited today Argyle I am uh, certain and confident there's more to come in the future and we look forward to visiting with you when those are released as well
2: okay thank you very much my Enjoy pleasure
1: it. for iUniverse this is J. Douglas Barker
0: Listening to iUniverse Radio. We'll be back right after these messages. Congratulations on getting your book published! The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at TogiNet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcasts. The subjects our podcast cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching to military resources to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com. Welcome back to iUniverse Radio.
1: Greetings for iUniverse. This is J. Douglas Barker. The title of the book is Candy Cane, lane's story and joining me from california is the author who has written other books but this one is a child's book or not a child's book but a a book written (laughs) a book written for children (laughs) sister mary faith welcome to the program Thank you very much, Jay. Uh, you have written other books. Uh, why this particular one? And uh, the story itself, because you come from a I'll, – I'll, I'll refer to it as a religious order. Your, your background, you're with Missionaries of Charity, and uh, your main home base is in Kansas, but uh, today you're in California. This book, uh, 26 pages, uh, where did it come from? Where did the story come from?
3: It popped into my head, and I sat down and wrote it in 15 minutes. I let it sit for a year and a half, and then I got online and I picked out some some photographs from iStock and. Correspond with the book, and that took me hours.
1: Oh, okay. and took, hours took you long. <laughs> took you, took you longer to 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 uh, get it assembled yes. than it was to write it. Ah, now you uh, you obviously have a creative, it's creative side. A pro-life story. Wow! All right, this one is uh, the main character is Mrs. Kane K C A N E, and of course the the book cover itself has all of the uh, flavorings of candy canes. Uh, uh, where did the idea for her come from, or, or what is the aspect of her in this story? Are you there? Yes. I, it, it, I think I lost, there, I, I lost you there for a second. That's okay. Your, your story okay, well, deals with Mrs. Kane and an event that's going to happen in their life. What does that refer to?
3: Well, Mrs. Kane had just come from her doctors at the start of the book. And her doctor has told her some momentous news. And its momentous news is that it's something she wants very much to share with her husband, and so they sit down on the living room sofa and she tells her husband that she is going to have their baby, and one way in which she does this is she holds up a little a cute little rubber Mm. and so he knows he's going to become a papa
1: well that's fabulous that's that is a charming story, and it and seems And the next thing yep.
3: in the next scene he is looking very delightedly he takes the bumper from his wife evidently and he looks happy he's happy he's going to be a daddy you know so this is good this is all good there's peace and harmony in the valley and in that house.
1: Well, the story parallels to some degree, and I think because of your background and your work in the uh, in the ministries or the missionaries of charity, uh, does this parallel the good news of the original birth of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Was there anything that uh, you know inspired that? Was that part I didn't of that? Inspiration?
3: Part of that actually, but. Um, I'd have to get out a lot more thought. That um, was not quite as happy at the beginning mm-hmm. because because Mary had been visited by an angel, but because of the Jewish laws, she wasn't married. And she and you know, and Joseph, you know, just wanted to divorce her quietly, and because he didn't want to see her thrown to death because. She, um, evidently she had he thought an affair with somebody else, and he didn't know you know
1: definitely some differences for sure and, uh,
3: at, and being that yeah. robber definitely mm-hmm. different
1: yeah i guess I guess it was i mean, i don't think joseph had a romper to to display at the time, he was just uh, confused a little bit
3: well he, he did he did become a happy daddy you know he he got an he got a visit from the angel himself he said it's okay. Don't worry, it's okay. Everything's all right. It's all with God, so don't you fret.
1: Absolutely. No. Now, the story itself—would you call it a, a positive, inspirational story? Is it just a fun story? What's the way to describe it?
3: It is. I mean, it is an inspirational story in in some respects. It's a real story. You see, uh, Mrs. King, shortly after the 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 first scene there. He she talks to her husband, and the two that they want their baby to feel love at the very start. Mm-hmm. So, one of the next scenes is with Mrs. Kane. She's lying down, and her tummy has grown some. And on her tummy are blocks, children's blocks, and they spell out the words baby, b a b y, four blocks, four word, four letters, red and green because the baby's going to be born in December. Right. And they because they want their baby to feel love, she holds the baby close to her heart. She's, you know, the baby is close to her heart because her baby is in her tummy. And this is a children's story. Beautiful. So we want them to know that, you know, uh, that they want her to feel love. the baby, because the doctor is going to tell her that uh, it's a little girl that she's going to have. and. And that's why they hold so close to her heart. They want her to feel love, so that she can give love.
1: Inspirational, obviously, by by content and also by story. Have, have you had uh, any uh, responses? Has the book been out long enough for parents and grandparents no. to read this yet, or is it just fresh?
3: No, it came it came out right before uh, it it it's published on November nineteenth, and um, it's just barely been out Christmas. It, it's it's selling right now on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Walmart, but uh, uh, it's it's not exactly the Christmas season.
1: No, so it's getting
3: some good reviews.
1: It's not the the Christmas season, but uh, the story is uh, refreshing and uh, would be excellent year round. It just happens to look like a Christmas book. The title of which is Candy Cane Lane's story, which is Candy Cane Lane. Is the Lane's part of the story? Is that her last name or is that is that uh, the name of the baby?
3: Kane is the last name of the family. beautiful And it's Mr. and Mrs. Kane and then Mrs. Kane goes to her doctor and Mrs. Kane wants to know if it's that she's had these cravings for candy and she doesn't know if it's okay to eat all this candy. <laughs> so she goes to her doctor to find out about this. and so he laughs and he just he wants to calm her down. And so he laughs. and said, of yeah, course, it's okay. Don't worry. You're worrying too much. It's fine. In fact, you are going to have a little girl. So, And since you've been liking candy so much, now it's okay to eat a little more candy. Women have these cravings when they're going to have a baby, so it's okay. You eat, go ahead and eat a little bit more candy. That'll be okay. And since you are having a little girl, and since you do like to have this candy, why don't you need her candy? Mm. And she thinks, well, that might be a good idea. So she takes this idea home with her, and she asks her husband, "What do you think about the name naming our baby Candy?" He's well, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So they decide that they're going to name their baby Candy Cake.
1: That's a very sweet, that's a very sweet story. I'm sure children who are perhaps adopted or birthed children would find that engaging, especially because the parents love the child and uh, certainly are embracing not only its present time, but its future in a world that right now is a little little confusing to most young children.
3: Yes. I think the board has always been more confusing to, to children. and um, you know, yeah, things have changed quite a bit. Um, it used to be, you can be seen, but not heard. Don't you say anything. Parents, you know, we're your elders. You're not allowed to say anything unless we let you. It's pretty stern. It's not very loving. Right. Those were the way things were, and we have changed from that, and I'm glad we have. Uh, Now, the book goes on, and uh, Mrs. King goes starts feeling that she's gonna have this baby. So she goes to the hospital in Dece- in that it the baby was born indeed in December. And so she goes to the hospital and she has her baby and oh this this is one beautiful baby. It really is. And then and there she is, she's looking at the baby for the first time. She's very pleased and, and everybody hustles says, Oh, what a beautiful baby you have and she's proud of that baby. Well Kenny Kane grows up and she thinks of all the things and all the ways she's going to help people because since she was indeed left in the very start, she wants to help others and wants to love them as well. And so she does. So, after a while, Kenny Kane goes up does these, all these wonderful things to help people and people want to remember her. So, they decide to name Elaine after her. And that's how Kenny Kane Lane be, Merry Christmas. That's wonderful. Merry Christmas indeed.
1: Absolutely. The the uh, book itself is one of you say three or four other books that you've written as well. What uh, what are the titles on those and are they available for the public to to find as well?
3: Well, um, <laughs> uh, they're right and they're very they soon will be um Available. Um, one is called Reflections on Suffering, and it's a non, uh, non-fiction religious book, and uh, the one I'm editing today for the second time um, is also a non-fiction religious book, and it's called Life, Light and Dark, Joy and Anguish. Mm. And then the fourth book is a children's book again, and it's called You Are My Son. The other will be published very soon and also be on uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble.
1: Excellent. And is it under Sister Mary Faith? Is that how they can find it?
3: Uh, well, there's. This, it also can be sold in the, being sold at the iUniverse Author Bookstore and it's gotten some good, KK Lane's gotten some good reviews actually. Beautiful. Um, the uh, uh, one of the booksellers in Minnesota said she liked it and would like to have it. any other children's books that I write in her two bookstores, and that's a good review. And then the reviewer for the Pacific Book Review uh, liked Candy Cane Lane, and she said essentially, and, and not only essentially, but in fact, that every baby should have one as a uh, either a gift, or it's a Christmas gift.
1: Wonderful. Well, those, those well, are a good. Thank you much, Mary. I, <laughs> like, I didn't pay her to say that
3: either. <laughs>
1: yes, she must like your work. So, I don't know why that would be, but it's uh, no, I'm looking at the book and it's it's, char- it's charming. It, it really is. It's it's a book that grandparents and parents would uh, would love to have in their library and could share it with children of all ages because the story is very sweet and uh, gives a. Uh, thank a, you so a, very much for saying that. Well, wonderful, a wonderful, really pos- that. positive statement about life and and about birth and about uh, being loved by parents that i think that's a very important thing to to share with young children at this time in this uh, part of our existence well sister mary faith all these books coming out you must be uh, getting wealthy off of them uh, what happens to all those funds are you planning a trip to the caribbean
3: no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I definitely am not. Well, I, I am, I am trying. To, I am a sister with the Missionaries of Charity, and it's my main uh, goal in life to serve other people mm. and to be and to help the Missionaries of Charity. They they work with the poorest of the poor yes. throughout the world. I know. Uh, both the sisters and the priests and the brothers, and uh, uh, as such, I have. I, my husband died of methadone, and I became wealthy. And this in the last year or two, I've written checks to them for two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Wow! And I'm continuing to do that. I just wrote another check to them for fifteen thousand because they're going through this um, situation in Rome, and they're, they can't get out. And they have mm. more men in their shelter for the homeless men. They're than they ever have had before so they need the money Uh, they always need the money there's always four with you but i'm trying to help out a little bit and i'm trying to do that with my books half the profits i make from my books go to the missionaries of charity
1: oh fabulous so uh, listeners go out and buy some books Uh, especially the ones authored by Sister Mary Faith, and it will bless her and the ministry that she's associated with. Thank you. Sister Mary Faith, this is, uh, again, titled Candy Cane Lane's Story. I mean, I know you know that. I just thought I would read it that way. Uh, Candy Cane Lane's L-A-N-E Apostrophe yes, story, and my author, Sister Mary Faith. Sister Mary, are you uh, anticipating continuing writing books from this day forward? Are you uh, planning long term? I hope so, yes. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing your story I today.
3: Do. I I just I have another book. I just haven't quite gotten it out Yeah, I just could feel it coming. But this, I just haven't gotten it. Uh, where, on, my, on my reflections on suffering, I said, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, inspire me. You know, inspire me to write a book for you.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And so, and no, I'm sorry, I'm mixing my own books up, and I should know them better than anybody. <laughs> there was the other one Life, Light, and Dark, Joy, and Anguish. And he inspired me, and every night I'd wake up <laughs> and I'd jot uh, uh, something down on my computer and it. And it put it all together, and there was a the book. And by golly, it formed a pattern, a logical pattern. Wow. All these random thoughts that I got at night, in the middle of the night, formed a logical progression and a pattern.
1: Well, that's exciting. And right. uh, certainly a blessing for those uh, who are people of faith to have a feeling of purpose in life. And uh, you obviously have a definite direction and are doing well with this. Thank you again for for being an author and sharing positive messages for the reading public. Thanks again for for being a part of today's program.
3: Oh, thank you so very much for letting me be a part of today's program.
1: Well, thanks again. I enjoyed it very much. Great. For iUniverse, this is Jay Douglas Barker.
0: listening to iUniverse Radio. We'll be back right after these messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness
2: expert, Annette Hammond.
5: When your focus is to lose weight or maintain your present weight, exercising effectively to burn the most calories is crucial. You want to give yourself every advantage to burn as many calories as possible. One good tip is to do your strength training exercises standing up so you can keep your heart rate up. Another tip is to perform multi-joint exercises when you can. For example, as you're doing a forward lunge, add bicep curls while you're coming up from the lunge. Another example is to execute a wide squat. And as you're coming up from the squat, perform a shoulder press. By doing these multi-joint exercises, you're putting more demands on your body, keeping your heart rate up, and working more muscles at the same time. The goal is to burn the most calories during that workout. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com.
0: Welcome back to iUniverse Radio.
1: Greetings for Universe. this is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title is intriguing, titled Walking in the Gray, How to Succeed When the Rules Are Not Black and White, and joining me from near Washington, D.C. and Virginia is the author, Ricky L. Jasper. Welcome, sir, to the program.
4: Good morning, Jay. Thanks for having me.
1: Pleasure to talk with you. I uh, am looking at your book cover, and it certainly is striking. I love the cover and uh, the implications that are there. I also am looking at your background. You are a retired senior intelligence agency officer or executive. Um, I could have used a little bit of intelligence as I was growing up. Somehow, I missed that uh, that line. How did you become wanting to write this book? This is uh, certainly a, a wonderful work of 322 pages. And although there are faith references in there, if I might use that term, uh, that is uh, part of your foundation. This book really is uh, designed for everyone, is it not?
4: It is, absolutely. And I, I, I think that if you look at my life, the way I arrived to write the book, one would think that I started to write the book after the, my career was over. Right. But in reality, it actually started before my career began. Wow. You know, I started this year after, right after college, after having had some success out of college, I felt like I had uh, experienced a monumental amount of success and I wanted to, de- wanted to share my success with others. Academically, I felt I had something to work with. Uh, the origin of the book started with me being a black man in a white man's world. But then once I got into the work environment and I decided to test some of my principles, I discovered it wasn't just about me being black and white, but the rules of engagement were black and white. And how they arrive about the faith-based part of this. When I started to understand faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. All of our life is about being in a gray space so it wasn't just as simple about the color black and white it wasn't just about the rules of engagement at the office being black and white it really became about life itself being in the area of black and white so i wanted to be able to share some light to my readers on how to succeed in that space that's gray that causes us the most uh, complication
1: what is it about your early life that uh, caused you to be success focused uh, you didn't have an early life that was um, i would say easy at least your parents had had a very difficult time. Share a little of that background and and how you became uh, focused the way you are.
4: It's interesting because I I guess I would say my mom, I give her a great deal of credit, but I grew up in Parkdale, Arkansas, where then the population was 425. Actually, I spoke to my brother most recently. He said it's down to 225 now. So it's a very small place, and we we grew up poor but not poe you know poe was, mm-hmm. the, the, the po was a way of saying it was without the or without an option but poor gave us an additional option and so i was driven to get out of parkdale and do something greater it was something on the inside that just kept pushing me to to, to try to be the best that i could be and my mom encouraged us to do that but then i started to experience and see some success from what she was instilling in us to do, and I figured I'd apply that to life. Hard work, hard work, hard work. work. four times hard to get half as much. Those principles started me on the right path, but then after I began to exercise more hard work, hard work, I started to realize it wasn't yielding me. The hard work itself wasn't sufficient to yield me the desired result, that there was more to it than just what was written, hard work, Results And starting to understand what those moves were was what drove me to actually write the book. Uh,
1: Were there other mentors that uh, inspired you in looking back? I I know you mentioned family members. Those are certainly the most important probably to a young life as they're uh, gaining uh, success and and gaining a direction. Were there other mentors that you look back on and, uh, you know, really did inspire you?
4: Well, I think my earliest mentor, I guess, one would probably imagine as an African-American male growing up in America, Martin Luther King, and I, I read a number of his writings early on in life that kind of inspired me to kind of push the envelope uh, and, and try to be the best that I could be. It was it was looking beyond the walls of where we are to look into where we actually could be, and kind of that that kind of drove me. So he was my one of my initial motivators, but then I got into college, and after college, reading some of the writing of Napoleon Hill, and then I would say the foundation really was the Bible, because after after all, I, I did a great deal of reading on a number of topics in leadership management, self development, etc. But biblically, what I started to understand was even most people who wrote about. Self-development and improvement—they really used the Bible as their foundation. From you know, from Gandhi to Martin Luther King to Napoleon Hill to anyone writing on the subject, they used the Bible as the foundation. They just didn't make reference to the scripture itself.
1: Incredible! You ended up in intelligence service. How did that come about? Were you a, a part, did you join the military? Was there some other link that uh, put you in that service?
4: I arrived there kind of different from most. I was in grad school at Louisiana Tech working on a degree in accounting, and I had a – excuse me, in management. I had a colleague of mine that was working on an accounting degree, and I started talking to her about, you know, you need to go and join one of the uh, big eights because she started telling me about wanting to join the intelligence agency. And I said, you need to join the big eight and make some money, yada, yada, yada. But as I read about (laughs) – the, the agency and some, it intrigued me because they talked about combining academia with work experience, and that excited me. So I went from, you know, desiring to work with some of the larger companies to, you know, deciding to go to work with the agency. And that's kind of, so I shifted, I midstream of my education, I shifted to, working in desiring to work in the intelligence community and started out with not the intent to stay but to kind of spend some time spend three years spend get a salary history but the more the longer i stayed the more involved i got the more exciting and before i knew it 30 years was already passed
1: oh wow <laughs> well uh, incredible path that you've taken you have uh broken this book up if i may use the word broken up it's not really if you've divided this book into four <laughs> major parts the first one is one that is uh, like a duh well yeah but uh, as as I look at it, there's more to it than that. It's, it's titled, Where Do I Go From Here? Now, all of us set out with aspirations Uh, i've set out with many aspirations in my life and i've missed them you know i'm still i'm still waiting for the uh, train i've got my ticket but uh it 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 went to another another uh, location or something Uh, how did you get to the point or what do you share in that where do i go from here having a destination what is the the thing that makes uh, success at least uh, the way we look at success important and achievable from your perspective
4: because the key is one is, is the destination is only the beginning point. It's having somewhere to go because oftentimes people fail out the gate because they don't have anywhere to go. They get, they get, they get caught up in their current location and this becomes their end, be, be all end all. So if you have somewhere to go, that's, that's the first step. Once you have that, then if you're flexible enough to understand that nothing is going to go the way you plan to go, and even the destination you currently have in mind, it may change due to circumstances, due to growth and your own development, etc. You, We only know what we know when we know it. And so you may start out saying, "I want to be a police officer." and how many kids we know that start out saying, "I want to be a police officer, or "I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer." Right. And you set that out as a state. What that does is that sets you on the path to movement. And you'll find in the book I talk about how you know uh, the movement is the key. Once you start moving, then you're heading in the direction. you may be able to pivot and move in different directions. Be flexible enough to understand you may have to change on the way, but on the way and. Staying on path to your destination, that allows you to get on course to being successful. So you, not doing the title of what to do when you don't know what to do is say, look, you at least have something to do and agree that, that you have a starting point, but also be flexible enough to know and understand and accept the fact that this may change.
1: You've also underscored the fact that you need to commit to a course of action that's obvious uh, in your particular life in your history and uh, your successes that uh, you were flexible, changed direction, and uh, committed to a course of action. That's really the outline, I would say, from part one is the, uh, the the roadmap for what you achieved in life. Now, the second one about self-awareness, the second chapter, second part of your book, deals with uh, identifying your motivation. Some of us have selfish ideas when we set out on a career path or on a, a, a goal in life. How do we correct those? What, what is your advice there?
4: So so first is understanding that, you know, or accepting the fact that you will have correction. Accept the fact that you don't know all the answers, accept the fact that you're going to have challenges. So if you begin with an expectation, I won't say lowering expectation, but modifying your expectations to understand that part of the journey is Change is failure because failure is is not. Failure is when you don't when you fail to try. Someone said correctly, but the reality of it is, if we accept going into the process that we're going to have some struggles, we're going to have some points of what we would ourselves term as failure. But I call those as teaching moments. The past, if we use the past of our experiences as a teacher, so part of it is getting understanding that understanding. That you're going to have to make some adjustments along the way. Understand, they're going to have those challenges. If you understand that, then you you're along on you're headed in the right direction to meeting getting to your goal.
1: One of the things that's difficult as a human, I'm sure you address in your book, is outlined maybe as own your outcomes. As humans, it's easy to look back and be stressed over decisions we've made. A note that came from a friend uh, a year ago, and I made it into a plaque and put it on my uh, on my wall because it said this. I have no idea why. Why this is important is why it was sent to me but the picture is of a a bunny with a an umbrella over their head and it says uh, don't look back you're not going that way that really uh, helped motivate me and get me out of the habit of looking backward how do you inspire yourself to pick up in the morning when you don't feel like it and keep going
4: so part of it is you know the past i, I the point to address the issue of the past The past I I indicate in the book is a great teacher, but a poor student. Mm. Uh, We can't, we often try to go back and correct the past as if we can educate the past. We can't. What we can do is we can learn from our past experiences, however good, however bad, however indifferent. And we can take what we've learned in the past and use that going forward. We're on our way to doing something great. we wake up each morning and say we have a new day, a new opportunity, a new opportunity to be able to, you know, take steps in the right direction. Because one thing I, I mentioned in the book is understanding your journey, and and the key is taking a step. I, I use the term "stop tripping" because you're on a journey and not a trip. Mm-hmm. Because I want not to totally understand that you're not this process that we're on. It's the trip is termed as, you know, the short, you know, the short term go. The journey is a long term. So when you when you break it up and you have something and I, I mentioned the book about having something bigger than now, if you have somewhere to go that's bigger than now, what happens? It allows you to look past some of your mornings that you don't feel like getting out of bed your monday mornings some of the difficulties you have to say this is not the end all be all this is just where i am now not where i'm going
1: beautiful advice you are obviously a positive person i don't know if that was uh, part of your dna or or something that you learned or adapted when you began to write this book and complete it w- what was your goal in doing so i mean who did you want to reach with this
4: you know, I, I was if I when I think about the audience, I, you know, I was listening to something the other day talking about how you want a niche become niche, and and the it, it, the challenge I had when I originally wrote, as like I mentioned, I wanted to write to a group of African American African American males was a thought when I originally wrote the book because when I look at my success and I I could talk about my history in the organization and and then growing up in, in a professional organization, how it was that I was the first to do this, the first that I had a number of first key first experiences on my journey to success. Right. Uh, some things that I feel that I should not be celebrating this late in life or in this century for America. But I was the first to do this. the first to do do. And when looking back on those experiences, I had a lot that I could share with individuals who look like me. But then I thought about it in my experience. I was sharing my story and my experience with across the board. Everybody, age notwithstanding, uh, gender notwithstanding, uh, race notwithstanding. I shared it with a host of folks, and people were experiencing success as a result of things that I was sharing. My last experience, my last assignment for a position I held in a you know, key organization had to do with I wanted to do a give back. I, was, I ran the strategic talent management team of the organization, which was, you know, managing folks' careers for the most part to mm. include their training, development, their et cetera, et etc., hiring, et cetera, use process in retirement. And the idea was that once I shared my story daily, hourly, frequently with individuals, and I saw the seed of success. So I wanted to reach I want to reach as many people like, as I can if they would pick up the book and read it. And what I say about the book is when you read the book, what you'll experience is you may start out saying, oh, I've heard this before, you know, I understand it. But if you keep reading in that book, you're going to find something that's going to stick with you. It's one of those type of books that you, you read and you have to come back to certain challenges because at different points in life they have a different impact on you beautiful you know, so i'm looking forward to
1: that yeah uh, four parts uh, 322 pages the last part of your book of that 322 pages how will they know uh, be the best you can be expand your territory help somebody mm-hmm. by sharing your story that is exactly what you have done sir is there was there a challenge in this that you weren't anticipating that that uh, you had to overcome to get this completed
4: uh, I think the the biggest challenge I had was me letting go, you know, because mm. when you, I had one of the individuals at our universe share with me, say, so you just got to let it go. It's like when you have your, your baby getting ready to have your baby go out the door. <laughs> to, to the first grade in, in, in elementary school or kindergarten, yeah. you, you don't, you, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so I don't, you know, I was holding on and holding, <laughs> to, I could do this, I want to say this, and so the, the biggest challenge I had was releasing it and finally saying, putting it out there to understand, it's not going to be my perfect work, you know, it's, will it be everything I want to say, maybe not even the format I want to say it, but I've got to get it out the door so we can, at least we can start the dialogue.
1: Beautiful. Uh, the book is well done, it's conversational in style and certainly Inspirational in content. Uh, the cover itself is, uh, I think, quite beautifully done. I am looking at a photo on the back that I believe is your family. They are a gorgeous looking bunch of folks. And congratulations on completing this. The title again is Walking in the Gray How to Succeed When the Rules Are Not Black and White. My guest author, Ricky R I C K E Y L Jasper. Sir, where do we get a copy of your book?
4: Jay, so you can find this on you know, Amazon, iUniverse.com, and you can also get it in electronic format, etc. It's out there.
1: Fantastic. And uh, do you have a website yet, or is that
4: in the works? I do. I do. So, website is You know, So, uh, it's out there. Take a look at it.
1: Fantastic. And uh, I'm thinking, because you are a motivated kind of personality, are you going to be working on something else in the future?
4: I have a few in my head right now I started (laughs) crafting on a a few other items one you know so one of. One that I'm writing on now is uh, diversity as easy as ABC. It may not be the ultimate title of the topic when I finish with it. I'm going to put one out on marriage. Uh, I've been married for 33 years plus, so I want to share that experience. So I have a number of things in my head I want to share. and Then I'll probably go back and take a look at some of the topics in the current book and make some adjustments or expand on some of the topics that are in there. So I'm looking forward to doing
1: that. Well, thank you for sharing your story and sharing your time with us. Again, the title, Walking in the Gray how to Succeed When the Rules Are Not Black and White. My guest author, Ricky L. Jasper. Thank you, sir, and best of luck. Hope to visit with you in the future when the next book hits the shelves. Thanks again.
4: Jay, thank you so much for your time, and I'll be in Texas real soon where you are.
1: Oh, well, fantastic. You need to stop by, and uh, you can buy me coffee. Whatever. We'll we'll, we'll we'll figure a way to get together. All right, sir. For, Sounds like a plan. For iUniverse, this is Jay Douglas Barker.